It was 11.45 a.m. in 996 A.D., and it was a cold, cold day in the frigid Viking North. I had just come across a mechanic I had never seen before, and I needed to call in help. My partner's name is Luke. The game is Bad North. My name is Josh. I'm a podcaster. I host this. So, welcome back, everybody, to the first inaugural Spitball Jam Sessions. My name is Josh, and I'm joined by Luke. Luke, how's things going today? It's going pretty good. Excellent. As you heard in the cold opening, we're going to be talking today about a game that is known as Bad North, uh, Jotun Edition, I think it's called, which is developed by uh, Raw, um, developed by Plausible Concept and published by Raw Fury in August 20 of 2018. So, Luke, what do you know about this uh, Bad North thing? Bad North thing? Well, uh, I, I looked it over, and actually, uh, I took notes. Excellent. I have notes right here. Look at okay. this. Okay. So Listen I'm to my say, lovely notes. I'm going to say real quick that uh, I started playing this about a month ago, and I uh, gave you a copy of it. Uh, my my little notes about it say that, you know, I say that it's a uh, Total War light kind of game with a FTL-style island-hopping mechanic. Yeah, I uh, I actually worked it out um in my head as I was looking at this. Uh, FTL is definitely a major contributor to this. I wanted to call it a real-time tactics roguelike and uh, was a little disappointed to find that everyone else already did. <laughs> I I actually don't know that I consider it a tactics game. It's definitely tactics in the way that the uh, island combat is handled. That's it's, it's, where the tactics come I guess in. that's true. For me, it play, I, I feel like, I mean, I feel plays a lot like that sort of total war thing where you are moving around small phalanxes of of armies to try to um sort of put them in position for people to crash against them which is a very total war thing and much like total war i'm not very good at this game uh, I think the major difference in wh- why it stands out more as a tactics game to me is when I think of the tactics games like Fire Emblem, yep. there's a lot of rock, paper, scissors going on. And True. I saw a lot of that with this game as well, where where you have to be tactically aware of what units are going to get decimated by um, whatever they go against and picking the right group for the job. Absolutely. That's definitely true. And also, um, you know, Total War, obviously, you know, you're dealing with units of hundreds and thousands of troops and in this you're dealing with i think the maximum would be 10 or 12 i think uh, i think you i think you can get a unit up to 20 so maximum troops you're going to have on the field would be 80 at a time uh yeah you can you can have four four groups of 20 it's uh, yeah if they if they get up as far as as 20 per that i could see that i'm seeing i'm like looking at a little animation right now and i see nine guys in a group but this is early game i think the, the starting the starting group is nine um but you you can get um so one of the things i mean yeah the, the one thing that is important is this is a real-time tactics game not a tactics game like those uh, like the fire emblem or the the final fantasy uh tactics games which does mean I it's find not it turn-based little, i find it a little too hectic I will say, I find it just, I mean, the first couple of levels, not so bad, but by the time I made it to about the fourth or fifth island, I already felt like there was just one too many things for me to keep on top of at any given time, especially mm, once agree. you start adding in the superpowers. 
Yeah, uh, that that's actually one thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, this one specific mechanic, the the superpowers. Sure. Each each group actually is given a power that you can you can pick from. It turn, turns just a band of guys with swords into a band of guys with swords and shields, a band of guys with bows, or a band of guys with spears. And there's some other ones that come up further on into the game. A bunch of unique group types. Yeah. But that's the starting, um, and it's it's very simple. And then beyond that assignment, they get an ability, which you can call on any time in combat, and it requires a recharge after you use it. Yep. I found every time I used that, it missed. It seemed like it was very finicky to actually get it to effectively be used on an enemy group. Because, like, the bombard, the archers with the bombard skills, the first one that I tried yep. out. And I, the first time I used it, I thought I could bombard guys coming in on the boat and realize that they'd only shoot the shore tile directly in front of where I clicked. You could that just, got annoying. you can hit them off the as they're getting off the boat, but you have to time it about three seconds before they land. Yeah, I, I noticed that wherever they were moving, it was very easy for them to just get out of the way. Yeah. Um, I tried doing phalanx rushes with the spear guys and never could get them lined up and usually got them killed because I'd have to move them into place. And, and this particular weakness of this group is that when they're moving, their spears are upright and they're very easy to slaughter. I, f- I found that the, the phalanx uh, rush worked best for me because I tended to try to plant people uh, before plant people in advance anyway but the spear rush is actually really good not for trying to take people out but for trying to move past people it's really good for like you put a you put a swordsman in front of a, of a spear group and then you phalanx rush through your swordsman into the into the opposing group hmm well that sounds like a good idea or or, or it's really good for chasing down archers that are trying to kite you right yeah. right yeah. So uh, in general, um, I found that using that particular mechanic was a little fiddly, mm-hmm. hard to do. It probably requires a little bit of uh, practice to get effective with it. Well, I, sor- um, I sort of want to talk about that whole um, – the sort of powers – because I think in, in a lot of those real-time strategy games, there's this sort of divide between people who are very good at micromanagement and the people who are really good at macromanagement, you know. Uh, StarCraft being a really good example of that, right? You have the people who are really, really good at economy and building just troop after troop after troop. And sending in waves and waves of of meat puppies to beat up the enemy. Right. And then you have people who are really good at getting in there and micromanaging like single transports of dropping three guys, using them to shoot, putting them back on the transport, moving them back across to the other side of the base and then letting them back out again. Yes. And – I feel like Bad North is very much tailored towards that kind of person, but I feel like the game moves just slightly too fast for that. Like, I feel like by the time I'm like, you know, especially once you start getting into the later islands, you have four, five, six boats coming at a time and you need to juggle, you know, trying to replenish one group at a house so that they can heal up. Like, I just feel like there's always one too many things going on. I think one of the weaknesses in this game is that very, um, that very mechanic in that when you advance in any of these games, they get blindly more and more difficult. Mm-hmm. And and it gets to a point where you're just uh, juggling deck chairs without any idea of where, where you're getting with that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely something we see a lot. I think that, you know, one of the things that really bugs me about about it in this in this game is I feel like in a lot of ways, I really like this game a lot. I feel like, you know, 
forcing you to think in advance, slightly in advance, but not so far in advance that you have to, you know, run a giant economy. But I mean, how, how could you make it? I mean, I think the one thing for me that I come back to to maybe make it a little bit better, that would make it work a little bit better would be if you could pause the action. Well, you do know that the game slows down dramatically when you actually select a unit, right? It does slow down dramatically, but I mean, sometimes that just like sometimes you're trying to do three things at once and you click the wrong unit or you select the wrong area, and you know, there's just a lot going on sometimes. You know, yeah, you're trying that's to spin true. the camera and you grab the wrong guy. And I think a pause feature would be. Um, I mean, I guess it really depends the on the opinion. Hmm? Yeah, that that's 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 my thought. Is I don't think anyone, everyone would be on board with that. As no. much as I think it would help for people like us who, who I don't think I know I'm not a, a very strong micro person. Yeah, I'm not either. And this game is all micro, and that's that's kind of where the the problem is 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 you can lose track of one detail or another very easily, and it's hard to just be like hold on, let me figure out what's going on. And I think that that particular pressure is is kind of the the goal of the game Probably to put sure. you under under the fire constantly because otherwise i think without that great challenge and this might be the argument for it is there's not much to this game it's a very simple game well, so and I, oh. the increasing challenge i think is one of one of the <coughs> mechanics they're going for so I have, I have two sort of thoughts on this. One is this game also came out on the Switch, which is actually why I initially thought it was going to be a turn-based game. Because All right. I can't even imagine trying to play this on the Switch with a, with a joystick or a Joy-Con. Touchpad. What? Touchpad. Oh, right. Yeah, the thing is, does have a touchpad, doesn't it? Well, it's a touch screen, but yes. Yeah, you, can, you can just unplug it and use it like a tablet. I keep forgetting you can do that because it doesn't work with Mario Maker. Uh, <laughs> which is really annoying. It is. Uh, but so my other thought is, um, what about what about splitting the difference the way that FTL does, where you could pause the game to observe, but you can't actually issue commands? I would definitely appreciate that. Give me a moment to actually think about what my next move would be. Do you I think don't think that, that would hinder too much from the advancement of the game. That's what I'm wondering. Do you think that would reduce the challenge so much that it would – do you think that would be pushing it too far? Do you think that would reduce the challenge? No, I think I think um, it's like uh, oh, how to how to explain that? It's I don't think so because I mean it's it's um, it's more mitigating a limitation of some players rather than just making it easier for everybody. Okay, because if you're fast enough to work out what to do, then you're fast enough to work out to, what to do, and you don't need to use it. But for Joe Slow over here, hello Joe Slow, um, I I would need it. To be able I, to play this game more effectively, I, I don't even necessarily think it's slow because, as you said, it is. You it already slows down to let you issue commands, which even mm-hmm. then sometimes it still feels like too many things are going on, especially when like people are dying, and like I, I, I think for me the thing where it really turned the corner for me, where I went from I really like this game to I'm starting to not like this game, is when I had a character who he had a phalanx or I had a phalanx. And they got attacked, and I didn't see it coming, and I thought that they were right. winning. And mm-hmm. then I realized they were down to two guys. So I'm like, oh, crap, got to run him away and heal him up. And in the time, and even with it slowed down, in the time that I issued the order for him to run back to the house, he was killed. Yeah. And that, for me, like, I think maybe, maybe, the, maybe the other way to do this is if you don't issue that, 
maybe the thing to do would be kind of like in like Monster Hunter or in in um, like World of Warcraft type thing. You have the four health bars up over on the lower or up on the upper left or upper right, so you can sort of monitor them in real time. So you think a little more feedback as to the state of your 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 groups would actually improve the game as well. So you have more information at your hand. I think. I think, and I've said this many times, I think more information is always better. That is true. And that is um, – the designers of this game, I would I would like to say that they focused on a aesthetic over um, – oh, over des- uh, not – what is that? Uh, aesthetic over functionality. They yes. aim for aesthetic over functionality in this game. So there are um, a lot of choices made. To make the game look good, and and the interface sometimes. I'm not even going to say it. necessarily look good. I mean, it does look good, but it's very it's a very minimalist aesthetic, and and in a lot of ways, I really really like it. Like, don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, it's I a think beautiful it's game. really cool. But yeah, I I I think the that that actually may be the thing is 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 just more information. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I'm a fan of information information Uber alles in general, so. But so go, I mean, so I guess we've probably already tipped our hand a little bit. Um, but so, I mean, overall, I mean, what is your sort of thought on Bad North? I, uh, I actually generally like it. There's a lot about this game that, uh, I enjoy. Um, it definitely feels like FTL, uh, with, yeah. the, with the island hopping mechanic and the way that islands, uh, you progress beyond become unavailable. Although, I don't see the logic to that. There's no indication as to why those islands just suddenly are no longer accessible to you, other than a time mechanic. I mean, that's clearly what it is. I I get the impression that it is like, I, I don't know. I I was sort of under the impression that it's like some wave of death or something. But yeah, they don't really explain it very well. Yeah, I mean, even if they went the same route as FTL, it'd be like, oh yeah, the um, the Norsemen are coming or whatever. The not Norsemen. I want to say pirates, but that's not the Huns right. or something. Yeah. Yeah, whatever they are, the, the the bad guys are just arriving in waves, and you're just trying to work your way. Well, if you if you escape. look at if you look at the parts that fade out, it does sort. Of, I think I believe it has like little skulls over it, so I sort of assumed it was people. Like no, you, the the skulls that you see are actually the bad guys' heads. I, oh, I, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. So, I I will say I really like the mechanic being that. Um, I'm not sure if it counts as a mechanic, but I really like the fact that the houses that you defend are what give you your score at the end of each round. Yeah, and and actually one of the things that one of the features that I really liked about that is in the map view when you're looking, you can actually count the houses and and the size of the houses yep. and give a rough idea of how valuable the property is for you to defend, how much money you'll get from defending it. Yeah, alongside the obvious flag banners that tell you if you're going to pick up a, a new army at mm-hmm. a location and what they might offer you. Yeah, see, now that well. that part there is a really good um, place where they manage to be both minimalist and provide a significant amount of information all in one spot. Uh, I also really like the, the way that, like, cliffs work because, you know, if you put your archers up on a cliff, obviously they can fire farther. But also something that I found really interesting is if you could find, like, a single a single square cliff and you can put your guys on top of it um especially your spearmen your spearmen will actually fight off people trying to climb up it and they will actually have a more difficult time climbing up they're they're um very much an impenetrable uh, impenetrable defense when there's there an only a- single access point for them to block off and having them knock guys back down the the little level uh 
ramps incline the yeah. ramps is yeah it's very appealing that was yeah that was what i when i first realized that i'm like oh this opens up a whole bunch of things of course then i immediately wound up then going into five more levels that were all completely flat terrain with little walls in them so that didn't, yeah I, I was like oh man it's really nice to have access to this feature that it gives you so much control but then exactly what you said it's it's not always useful and the thing i can't tell and i guess you know i haven't beaten the game yet so um but i can't i can't tell if this is supposed to be an ftl style game where it is actually beatable or if this is going to be more like uh the flame and the flood where it's just go until you can't go yeah yeah so like that 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 is going to be the big question isn't it and and that's the the big question as far as longevity goes that i have um this game definitely pushes the simplicity uh, simplicity in the design a great deal and i'm i'm a little concerned that in, in the end you're just going to be up to your eyeballs in the same old same old and i worry how much better the game's going to get farther along i don't think- i got i got what um maybe 20 levels down the tier before all my guys got killed off oh wow i i don't even think i've gotten that far yet but um, Possibly only a dozen. I know there was a two, and it was a two-digit. Uh, my first uh, game, I'd only I'd gotten like maybe only like four or five islands, but I hadn't even realized how a couple of the mechanics had even worked. Um, by the time I got to it the second time, I, I was doing a little bit better, and I think I'm on island twenty-two or twenty-three. But I find that once I start getting down below four four units again, I don't really want to play anymore. And the problem, the other problem is. Because you're picking them up along the way and you have to have them in your party for them to – maybe you don't actually. But I always find that I only have three units who are experienced. And you reach a point in that game where – kind of like XCOM where if they're not experienced going into the mission, they're just going to die anyway. Well, one of the things that I kind of noticed about the the way the game works is that um, you can actually – I believe – you can cover multiple islands by traveling to uh, by not using your entire group and sending another group to yep. a different island. You can do that, but they are also if you do that, you're very rarely going to be able to put four people on both islands. And the fewer units you have, the more likely it is that they're going to die. And also, some of them are going to be less experienced, which means they're probably going to die, especially yeah, once and, you get and, into those later levels. In that regard, I think you really have to read the levels and mm-hmm. look at the the map and see how big it is to get an idea of how hard the fight is going to be. Yeah, but I, I, there I, seems to be correlation there. Wherever I am right now, I've, I have found that every single map is I'm starting to lose units. And and like you said, with that whole is it like FTL or not? It's like well, if it's like FTL, I'm losing a unit every single or almost every map. I mean, I might as well just quit it now because. I'm I'm not coming back from this, but if it's you know if I'm only three or four islands away from the end, I might as well stick through it, right? Yeah, that seems correct. So maybe maybe next maybe next time I will see how far it goes. And but yeah, I think overall I like I like parts of this game. Uh, I I think we we've clearly have some criticisms of it as well. But I mean I don't want to get away. The the aesthetics of that game are really cool. The layout of that game is really cool. It's an interesting idea. Um, I just, it, or it is, it is a marriage of several, ins, several interesting ideas. I'm just not quite sure it works as well as I'd like it to. I I agree. I think uh, with what they're doing, they've got a great idea here. 
but it's a little too simple in my opinion to have real legs yeah i think it's definitely worth picking up on a sale and trying out and maybe you can get pretty far in it but i don't think it's going to catch my attention for a very uh, particularly long period of time no nope. uh and i will say it is on the uh, xbox game pass right now so if you're already using that you know give it a shot you might enjoy it uh, otherwise, yeah, I kind of agree with Luke. Um, I certain I probably would not pay. I actually don't know how much it is. How much does it cost? Right now, it's on Steam. It's fifteen dollars. Okay, I would say I would not pay more than five. I would definitely pick up the demo. The oh. they do have a demo available on Steam. Oh, you perfect! Can the first five islands and try it out. That would and definitely if it's something give you that enough. Really, really grabs you. Then absolutely play. It's a beautiful game. I love the art, the aesthetic, the little commander guys' faces. Yeah. No, they, uh, one they of do the a lot details of really... that caught my attention is how they their eyes close when they die. Yeah, and and, and, that... and like you said, that map thing, I would really like more people to pick that up because that that is some really clever use of conveying information. Yes, absolutely. Having a, a good instructive map yeah. is a good thing, definitely. I think I think even like you know our, our our complaints about the the map the map information aside, I think like even FTL could probably improve by pulling some of that back in to even just give you a a warning about how difficult each section is going to be. Right. But with that, yeah, I think I think we're both in agreement. Pick it up on sale, uh, but probably not worth full price purchase. Um, or get the demo. Or get the demo and try it for yourself, and then see where you're going to go with it. Do we have any special way that we should uh, verticalize? We should close this out. Uh, dab. Uh, that's the only time I'm going to dab and you're never going to see it. <laughs> uh, all right. So that was, uh, just the facts, ma'am. And, uh, have a good night all. Thank you for listening to a spitball sessions. Thank you for listening to a spitball jam sessions. We're so happy that you could join us. Our next episode should be up in roughly two weeks. Is that what we decided for a timeline? Are we going to do it weekly or bi-weekly? I would think bi-weekly for now. If we can okay. do it more often later than we should. Okay. Please take the time to hop onto your podcasting platform of choice and rate and share the show with others. It's the only way that we can get our names out there. Um, as we are the age of remix, we need to get that remix out there, people. See, I was gonna do this over the over the outro song, but this this work too. All right. Well, I mean, you can you can put the outro song underneath this. Oh, you that mean, way there, it's all there. See yeah. how that works? You slip it under the carpet, and it's just like it was always there. You mean like a musical bed, like I mean, this uh, musical bed? I don't want bed? to know anything about your bed, dude. Like no, hang on. Like this musical bed? Yes, that musical. Thank you all for tuning in to the first uh, Spitball Jam session. We hope you enjoyed the show. The uh, intro song was Moanin' by Art Blakely. The outro songs is uh, Words for Arabella by Maybe She Will. And uh, tune in next time for yet another fun and exciting episode of Spitball Jam Sessions. Good night, all. <laughs>